Hello, I'm John Deeks and welcome to the Your Life Choices podcast. For over 22 years, Your Life Choices has been providing Australians with essential news, articles and retirement resources from some of Australia's leading journalists. And with over 270,000 members and growing, Your Life Choices is Australia's longest established and most trusted digital destination for the over 50s. And today I'm very pleased to welcome Dr. Alexandra Wade. Now, Dr. Wade is a career researcher at the University of South Australia, and her work bridges the fields of nutrition, psychology, and explores how we can reduce the risk of dementia by changing our diet. Alex uh, has a doctoral research focused on the Mediterranean diet and how it can be modified to improve cardiovascular and cognitive health for older Australians. What that means is, if you eat better, you'll be better. Uh, Alex, a very big welcome to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Now, I, I, this is all great, and that was all very high-tech, what I just read out. Yeah. <laughs> but tell me, your specialty at the moment is looking at yoghurt. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. A recent study of ours, we sort of drilled down a bit further, and we, we thought yoghurt's interesting, so we had a look at yoghurt. Well, thank goodness we can talk about something pedestrian that even I could understand. <laughs> but um, I've got to stay, say at the very start, I love yoghurt. Oh, good. But... There are so many different types of yogurt. You go into the supermarket and it, there's a wall of them all promising to make me younger, stop me having uh, this, stop me having that, and um, actually will change my life. So I go for a low-fat, natural Greek-type yogurt, which is my favourite. Yeah. But tell me the differences between the yogurts and which ones are good and which ones you should steer clear of. The best thing to, to look for is what is what you're looking for. So the, the natural style yogurts that have the least amount of additives. We know that when we put sort of extra flavors and extra fruit, that tends to come with more sugar. So if you can go as natural and as plain as you can, and then if you do want a bit more flavor, then add something in, add your own fruit in, because that's even going to have less sugar than if you've got a fruit syrup in there that's already there. In terms of low fat versus full fat, that's really up to you. Some of the, the latest research has shown that there's actually no difference if you go for the full-fat dairy foods, and that's just milk, yogurt, and, and um, cheese, not butter. Let's just get back to the start. How do they make yogurt? I mean, is, is yogurt a derivative of milk, of course? It is, that's right. And yogurt is a, a, a modified byproduct of, of the milk, which is sort of left to uh, have different cultures in it, correct? That's right, yes. Yeah. So it's left to ferment, um, generally with probiotics. And that's what really sort of sets it apart from other dairy foods. The non-fat and the full fat, is, is, is that a good fat? You know how they talk about good fats and bad fats and things? It's very interesting. So typically the research has shown, you know, we want to see clear of saturated fats. The fat in dairy is saturated, but there seems to be something different about it that doesn't increase our risk of heart disease like other saturated fats. So there seems to be something special about dairy fats. Even though they are saturated, um, they can actually be healthy for us. One last question. Dr. Wade is in the supermarket and she's reaching for a yogurt. No need to mention brands, but what type of yogurt would uh, Dr. Alexandra Wade go for? Uh, the, the full fat Greek style yogurt. That's, oh, that's my okay. favourite. Okay, I'm writing that down. So if it's good enough for you, it's going to be good enough for me. Okay, so the benefits of yogurt? Um, so, like I was saying, yogurt it contains probiotics, and when they ferment, they create these bioactive proteins or peptides is the scientific term. And those peptides have the ability to lower our blood pressure, similar to the way that blood pressure medication works. Mm -hmm. So that, that's really what sets it apart from other dairy. But dairy food is also beneficial because it contains calcium, 
potassium and magnesium. And we know that those components, they're all involved in the regulation of blood pressure too. And also as we get older, and of course our podcasts go to our more senior members of the community, of which I include myself, calcium is very, very important for bone strength, etc. Exactly right, exactly. We know that you know osteoporosis is a big problem in Australia, so it's important to keep up those levels of calcium for sure. Full fat Greek yogurt, add some fruit on top, much better for you. Now, your research is looking at the Mediterranean diet and uh, and dementia, which I think yeah. is fascinating, and also cardiovascular and cognitive health. There's <laughs> uh, Now, there's a place in in the Mediterranean that they live for such a long time. Do you know? That's there, right. where, where is that place? I'm trying to think of where it might be. It's uh, Ikaria. It's a, an island just off of Greece. Okay, so the Mediterranean diet does aid our health and helps for in, in longevity, as it does. What is the Mediterranean diet, for those who don't know? So the Mediterranean diet, the way we classify or characterise it, it uh, involves eating lots of extra virgin olive oil, fruits and vegetables, whole grains are really important, uh, as well as legumes like chickpeas and beans, uh, nuts and seeds. And then in terms of protein, it involves oily fish and cutting back on the red meat and any other processed foods. So what kind of a diet would I be looking at if I was uh, of, of an age where perhaps the the finances weren't all that strong? Uh, when I go into the supermarket or go to the, the market, whether it be that fabulous market in Adelaide that I love going to or mm-hmm. anywhere around the country, uh, what kind of things should I be going to buy? Fresh fruit and vegetables, but we do also know that um, I'll go back on that. It doesn't actually have to be fresh. So frozen fruit and vegetables do also have really high nutrient content. In fact, some research is showing that it's even higher than fresh because it's not frozen. So You're kidding. As soon as it's picked, it's frozen, and that sort of retains all of the nutrients versus oh, we don't it, know how long the, you know, the technically fresh stuff has been. Yeah, okay. that's it. Okay. And um, uh, so get lots of frozen or, or fresh veggies – Yep. Okay, I'm walking through now into the uh, the meat area and going, oh, there's some red meat. Oh, be gone, you <laughs> red meat. No? Well, you could you could get one serve of red meat maybe a week, so that could be the, the treat meal. Yep. Um, so that's okay if you want to pick up one, one serve of red meat. Um, and then the rest you'd be looking at maybe the fish section in the deli or in that the fridge area, yep. um, perhaps looking for some salmon. Or you could go towards the, the canned fish aisle and look for some tuna or some canned salmon or even sardines or mackerel if you're partial to those. I'll be fighting my cat for some of that. Um, <laughs> ab- absolutely. Oh, do you know what I had fantastic the other day? I was with my grandchild and my, my son and his wife and we had a beautiful snapper, which was oh, uh, just, just you know, baked and just oh, fell apart. It was absolutely gorgeous. But, of course, we're always looking to, to save a bit of money. So those other ideas of yours are important. How can that diet benefit us if, um, as we move into our latter years? This diet, a lot of the, the sort of core key ingredients um, have some really beneficial anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects. And we know that inflammation and oxidation are two contributing factors to both cardiovascular disease and dementia. So the Mediterranean diet and the, the foods within it seem to have this effect that can maybe reduce our inflammation, reduce the levels of oxidation that's going on in our body and reduce our risk of dementia. 
I've been living all my life eating probably not the right foods. Uh, then I get to 70 and I start on the Mediterranean diet. I might say, well, it's too late for me. Oh, it doesn't matter. Is it too late? No, absolutely not. No, anything you can do to, to reduce inflammation in your body is going to help. So there's research we know that smokers, people who smoke, have really a, a really increased risk of dementia. I think it's something like 60% higher risk of dementia than somebody who doesn't smoke. Mm. Um but for people who then stop smoking, their risk goes back down to levels similar to somebody who's never smoked. So even if they've smoked their whole life and then they stop smoking for a few years, you can start to reverse some of that inflammation and some of that damage. And so it sort of follows on that if, if you've been eating foods that are really potentially inflammatory and then you stop doing that um, and start eating more protective anti-inflammatory foods, uh, you can start to reverse some of those effects. Now, I just want to get on to further information you have on dementia. What is your research showing at the moment? Uh, of course, we don't have a, a cure for this dreaded disease, uh, but uh, what is your research heading towards and are we any closer to understanding a, a, a cure for dementia? I think the thing with dementia is there, there are so many different types and that means there are a lot of different causes. But we do know that, I mean, people are just looking for all the time. There's constantly different trials going on, trialing different drugs. Um, and it seems like they get closer and then they move further back away and then they get oh, closer really? again. Yeah. Um, but that's why our, our research is really focused on the prevention side of things. Um, can, if we, can if we can back, prevent it in the first place. Yes. Let me just back up a bit. Explain to me what dementia is. I obviously understand that people, you know, forgetful and they don't don't recognise their loved ones, etc. But but what is dementia as far as what happens to the brain? Um, like I said, there are different causes, and so different things happen uh, in different types of dementia. But it, it really involves the damage of, of our brain cells, and then shutting down different areas of the brain, and that's why we can see sort of memory loss and behaviour changes and loss in things like our everyday activities. So people can't move around the way that they did, but it really depends on where in the brain that's happening. Uh, and uh, you can actually, with your MRIs, et cetera, identify when the brain starts to have those issues occurring? Yes, we can see it in, in MRIs and also uh, in PET scans. It's recently uh, coming about. It's a bit more available to people to have PET scans and that can detect some of the plaques that are characteristic of Alzheimer's disease. That's the plaques that build up uh, and that seem to have quite a toxic effect in the brain. When would you like to, I mean, obviously you'd like to have it tomorrow, but uh, do you think we're any closer, like do you see in the next decade that um, this dreadful disease can be reversed and people you know suffering dementia the early parts of it can be uh, can be cured at least oh that's a big question um i mean, I mean my obviously you wish it was tomorrow yeah. but, uh... oh absolutely yeah um i don't know to be honest how close we are in the in the cure side of things we do know if we if we don't find a cure and if um we can't get a, a sort of step forward uh for prevention that the rates are just going to keep increasing. So at the moment, it's 500,000 Australians nearly are living with dementia. Oh um, and then that's going to increase to over a million by 2058 if we don't find a cure or prevention. I mean, we want to get in front of that, obviously. And that's where we're, we're heading with uh, our preventative work and with trying to educate uh, the public on the things they can do to reduce their risk before that becomes an issue. Now, we've spoken of the Mediterranean diet. Uh, do you see that as a, a advantageous as far as preventing uh, dementia or certainly helping with offsetting the oncoming of, of a dementia state? Well, we do know that um, the Mediterranean countries uh, that 
typically follow this style of diet, they used to have lower rates of dementia than Western countries like Australia and the US. Unfortunately, now those countries aren't following their, their traditional diet anymore. So they're um. sort of getting similar rates to us. Um, but it, it does give us some promising hope that it, it is something that can help to prevent it. And we see um, in, in studies that have been run both in the Mediterranean regions and in more Western countries, um, people who follow a Mediterranean diet or have higher adherence to the diet have much lower rates of developing dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So in that kind of observational research, we're seeing lower rates of dementia. I saw an article recently in the paper about uh, dementia affecting more young people. Did you see that article? Uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, the young onset dementia is very sad. Yeah, so um, is that uh, something that's, that, that's come into play in recent times that you know of? Because you always think sure. of dementia as being a yeah. in quote old person's problem, uh, but not the young uns. That's right, and I do know it's, it's an issue for younger people. I'm not sure if it's like if it's something that has come on recently, or if it's just something we're more aware of now. We've got a name for what's happening. Yeah. So, Alex, tell me about the latest research as far as diets and the prevention of dementia. Uh, so our research group at the moment, um, we're running a study to see if we can find the, the optimal diet and the optimal level of physical activity for individuals to reduce their risk of dementia. So somebody might be eating a really good diet, but perhaps they could increase their physical activity. And our research is going to help to show that person you know, how much physical activity do you need to, to increase. Um, or for somebody who's maybe not following the best diet, what areas of your diet could you improve and how can that reduce your risk of dementia? When do you expect those, that research to be published or hope to be published? Yeah. So we started that data collection in 2020 okay. um, and we've just got our first um, round of data has just finished up. So we're going to be working on that this year, um, but it's a, a long-term study. So it'll be going for three years. So we'll have some some preliminary data uh, quite soon and then uh, at the end of the three-year period we'll have something even better. Oh Alex thank you for giving up some time and um, this was being recorded in the morning and you've just come back from your walk so I really appreciate (laughs) you taking the time to and best of luck and more success to you and the team in your research. No worries. Thank you so much. Thank you to Dr. Alexandra Wade for joining us. If you'd like to hear more interesting interviews, then head to yourlifechoices.com.au for links to past podcasts. As always, our mission is to inform, empower and engage, as you've just heard. And if you know of anyone who you believe could benefit from Australia's longest established and most trusted digital destination for the over 50s, then please spread the word. Membership is and will always be free. I'm John Deeks, on behalf of the Your Life Choices team, along with Ian Mack, our producer, be well, be happy, and see you next time.